0: We are back after an extended All-Star break here on the Heart and Hustle podcast. Nick Renowitz here, Scott Inez is with me. It's been a long time. Got a lot to get into NBA dunk contest controversy. Dwayne Wade screwed us. He screwed us. The All-Star game was enjoyable. We'll talk that second, third, no, I guess not the second, third. It would be the final third of the NBA season and it's in front of us. The Magic did get some good news During the All-Star break, we'll talk about that. Coming up, if you're listening for the first time, we have plenty of episodes you can go back and listen to. He's Scott Inez. I'm Nick Grunowitz. You can hear us weekdays on ESPN 580 Orlando, 580 AM FM 96.5 HD2. From 4 o'clock until 8 o'clock, you can follow him at Inez Says and me at ESPN. 580, Nick. Uh, What's up, buddy? It's been a minute. How you doing, Nick? all right? We've been each been in and out of town, all that stuff. You had surgery on your knee. Uh, You've been in Fort Lauderdale. You're laying on a couple of beaches, I know. (laughs) Um, But here we are. Uh, We're at the end of the All-Star break as we are taping this. It is Wednesday at like 3 o'clock-ish. So... As we're taping this right now, the NBA season will resume on Thursday. The Magic are back in action on Friday. They'll play the Dallas Mavericks. They'll honor Daryl Armstrong as well, who's an assistant coach on Rick Carlisle's staff. But uh, here we are. Where do you want to start? Let, let's start with the All-Star game, shall we? Let, let's, it was great. Let's start 30,000
1: feet at the All-Star game because I, look, and I said on the air earlier this week, like, I, I grew up a big fan of the NBA All-Star game. And I was a big fan of the Boston Celtics back in the day. And to see, you know, Larry Bird and Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale go up uh, against the league's best. And not only go up against the league's best, but be paired with the likes of a Dr. J, the hated Dr. J, Bobby Jones, the Philadelphia 76ers, Moses Malone. It was magical. So those Sunday afternoons in midwinter were absolutely magical. But I got to tell you, man, over the last 24 years, Twenty-five years or so. I haven't paid a whole
0: lot of attention to yeah, it. Yeah, like I don't. I don't blame you. And I think two things that have played into it is the amount of money that has been pumped into the league. These guys are making so much, and it's but they don't play hard. That they don't play hard. Yeah, and also I think the oversaturation of media, the coverage, the fact that you get national games now Tuesday, what Tuesday, Wednesday friday saturday yeah, like maybe I, yeah so for me yeah. to turn on lebron and watch lebron it's not like i get one opportunity a yeah. week to watch lebron he's literally right. on my television right right whereas when i was a kid a week. that yes. would be
1: the only time you'd get to see i don't know a george gervin or a mark yeah, especially gervin. those west coast games. exactly yeah. yeah. exactly so um I, very valid points but i gotta tell you man like My faith was restored. It was great. In the NBA All Star Game, not necessarily the first three quarters, because I tuned in- Look, I tuned in for the first, I don't know, two or three minutes and I saw what I wanted to see. It was garbage. Mm -hmm. It it was just garbage. It was a dunk fest. Nobody was playing defense, and I'm like, okay, this is not going to be South. However, I came back for the fourth quarter. Yep. And I am lucky that I did. This is what I've wanted to see for years, Nick. It was like it was like you and me on opposite ends <laughs>
0: at the R D V. At the
1: R D V, it's fourteen to fourteen, and fifteen is game point, and everybody is playing tooth and nail to the T. It was just it was basketball nirvana, basketball at its finest. You had Kyle Lowry taking offensive charges. You had Joel Joel Embiid, who to me is the most lazy player in the NBA. Joel Embiid is taking charges. Joel Embiid is going up against Anthony Davis on the low block, something that we never get to see during a regular season NBA game. LeBron James making steals left mono and right.
0: mamo y with Giannis. Yes, Giannis is a combo, by the way. Making, blocked him twice.
1: Uh, blocked an unbelievable block on LeBron James. He barely clipped it against the glass. It was, it was what I've wanted to see for years, and we finally got it now. How do we keep it? How do we keep it? Was it because of the Elam ending? 100%. Yes. Um, Was it because of these guys playing for charities? I think that had something to do with it. I think that's
0: an element, too. Good point. Um,
1: Did it have something to do with, obviously, Kobe Bryant and and the tribute
0: to Kobe Bryant this past weekend? I think that only carries you so far. Like, after honoring him and and Common did his thing, and, you know, they do the whole Kobe thing. I, I get it. Everyone's wearing the number 24, the number two, and it was a great tribute, but. I think that a majority of it, let's say that it all makes up 100%, I would say Kobe Bryant is something, it's not everything, but the biggest part of this is the Elam ending. You think so? Yes, the adding 24 to Team Giannis' score, and basically Team LeBron knowing, hey, we have to outscore them and get to 157 before they do, and you saw the defense ratchet up from the first possession of the fourth quarter, no clock, Kyle Lowry took two freaking charges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Paul is out there complaining. I feel for the referees. I too! The two refs in that game who were standing there like, wait a minute, how did I get here? I thought this was going to be a free weekend, and yeah. instead Chris Paul is jawing at me. I thought, have we ever seen a technical foul in an All-Star game? I, I, well,
1: not recently. I thought recently. we were going to get one. Not
0: recently. I thought we were going to get one for a minute. And the Elam ending helped make no what doubt would have been a boring laissez-faire fourth quarter that yeah. we have seen time and time again in the All-Star game into one of the best – a pickup game broke out. One yeah. of the best pickup oh, games that we've seen. It was
1: just – it was absolutely outs- – I could not take my eyes off of it. And what did that – that final quarter last like 42 it or 43 It was 42 minutes. minutes
0: and 55 seconds I, look, 41 I, minutes and 55 seconds Give me 2 hours and I don't 42 care. minutes of that I don't care So that's my argument too. People people are looking at the fourth quarter and they're like, yeah. "Well, if you add the Elam oh, ending to things, these games are going to take forever. Yeah, but they'll be good." Oh my gosh. We don't we don't complain about the length of a no. good of the national champ the co- nope. the good college football games. Nope. We don't complain about the good NFL games. We don't complain about yep. It's the crappy NBA games that have ticky-tack fouls yeah. at the end and intentional fouling and the game just getting dragged on I've called some of them you have to I've been in G League games mm. where it's like all right they're down 7 and now they're going to intentionally foul 43 seconds left and you're thinking to yourself can I just go home <laughs> like honestly like yeah. can I I just yeah. it so I get it but if you if you look at the way that game went I don't care if it was an hour no, 2 hours 3 no. hours no. it was great it to watch it was
1: just awesome um you believe it was mainly due to the new Elam ending. And, I do. And quite frankly, I, I'm siding with you the more and more I think about this. Now, you'd like to see this in the regular season. I've got to test it somewhere. Started on Friday. Started on Friday in the G League. Start, no, started on Friday can, in the I, National I, I, Basketball Association. I understand Association. what you're saying. I don't think you can start it on Friday in the NBA, but I'm more than willing to look into this. Look, we've been looking for that trigger for these yeah. NBA players. To play hard in the All Star Game, we haven't found it. I mean, we've upped the ante in terms of what they're making during the game. Right? And what so did Stan Van so Gundy on?
0: say to us on uh, on Wednesday's show? It was uh, it was give, uh, give a, a give million, million dollars, dollars cash, million dollars cash, Winner put the all. money out on the floor, right? Million right. dollars in a day ain't bad. Okay. Um, that would dur- definitely be a trigger. It There's No pe- question it would about pique my that. my interest. Yeah, uh,
1: but I think another trigger was these kids playing for the kids, and I know it sounds corny. But I I think these guys who were playing for these charities did not want to let these kids down. And I've been to many an NBA All-Star game. I can tell you they're very antiseptic environments, very quiet environments, very boring environments, okay? But what we saw out of these kids in these charities in Chicago on Sunday night was these kids making the atmosphere fun and exciting. So uh, you think it had mostly to do with the Elam ending I think it had mostly to do with these guys playing for these charities. Regardless, I think we found a combination
0: we did. that may work in the future for the NBA All-Star Game. Yeah, like whether you put it in the regular season or not. And I'm an agent of chaos. I love when <laughs> leagues tinker. I think that we overrate a change going badly, quote-unquote, ruining a league. You can always change back. You know, we've seen this. The NBA changed the ball one year. And by the midway yeah, part of the season. I don't, I
1: don't think anybody minds change. What people mind, and, and I think what NBA fans mind is tinkering. Don't do too much I don't, tinkering. I don't think this is tinkering. I, though. Yeah, but you're wanting to start it tomorrow, Nick. Well, I mean, come on now. I, I mean, I understand. I I'm, well, listen, I mean I, I'm more than willing to look what's at this. Yeah, wait. I've come over to your side on the Elam ending. The more and more I look at this. But I would like to take a look at it when you're calling
0: Lakeland games down in the G League to see how it works down there. I can see Adam Silver folding this into the G League. I don't G mind League. that Just, at all. Yeah, and I, I think that I – because I came into work on Monday, and I said, hey, put this thing in the NBA oh, right yeah, now. I, I realize and that. And yeah. a lot of people were – a lot of people – now you're seeing it now. Like the front of com on, on Wednesday morning was the NBA should institute the Elam ending of the regular season. Like, welcome. Thank you for catching up with me, everybody. Okay, <laughs> But I think the reason why I have that opinion is – I see the game from a dis- different perspective because I am down in Lakeland right, with right. the Lakeland Magic where we are the NBA's experimental laboratory. Right, right, right now, they're experimenting with having a clock at the scoring table that literally counts down the timeout. And yeah. if you're not out of the timeout by then, it's a delay of game. In terms of the reviews, they have the same clock. If Once that happens, once that clock hits zero, they're done. I can see Adam Silver looking at the G League and saying, all right, Mm. we're going to institute the Elam ending. Now, where do I think he'll do it first before the G League? I think they'll roll it into summer league. Right. And I think they'll roll it into the G League showcase that they have in Las Vegas every single year. This year, it was at like, no, last year was Mandalay Bay. This year was like MGM or something like that, where all the teams play. And it's really kind of the, it's the early start of the trade season hot stove. So that's what I can see. But I Adam Silver likes to likes to experiment, and he uses the G League for that. And I'm I'm looking forward to it because that would be awesome. Adam Silver
1: has talked many times about cutting down the uh, amount of time during games, so forth. They want to get these things. I don't know whether this would do that or not. Quite frankly. I mean, we're, we're talking about a 42-minute fourth quarter the right. other night. Now, granted, it's a 42-minute fourth
0: quarter. We don't care about though. I think that it would the games that that we want to be two hours. Yeah. you could get to two now, hours. Now,
1: you, you're you're probably right. And in the All Star game, you have guys who are not accustomed to playing one another, playing with one another. Right? You had a, a, a lot of a lot of a lot of turnovers going on there. So look, I I, I think you bring up a valid point about the Elam ending. I'm more than willing to look at it. I don't want to look at it. Uh, tomorrow in the NBA, I want to look at it, it like you said in the summer league and in the G League, and, and let's see how it goes from there. The other major bit of news coming out of the NBA All-Star Game, obviously, was Aaron Gordon losing the dunk contest to Derrick Jones Jr. of the yeah. Miami Heat. I mean, and you're absolutely right. He got jobbed. He he got totally hosed. Uh, Derrick Jones Jr. was phenomenal. There's no denying that. But our guy, Aaron Gordon, was more phenomenal. He was was more sensational. And when you dunk over Taco Fall, I'm sorry, it's game over. It's the end. Give the man his trophy and let him take it home to Orlando. Um,
0: I don't have my notes. I watched the whole thing over again. I I know you did. You took took notes notes. on each and every dunk. Everyone's talking about the taco fall dunk. The best dunk he had was the one off the the side. Markel Fultz threw it off the side of the backboard. And, yes, he missed the first time, but the second time he finished it, and it was the kind of dunk that made you stand up. Yes. Right? Like, he did it, and you're like, "Whoa, Whoa. okay. Yeah. And
1: he he was more spectacular. We're not dunk contest guys either. We're just not. Like, I— I can't tell you. I, I probably the last dunk contest I watched was Aaron Gordon in 2016. So we're not big dunk contest guys. So when we got on the air earlier this week, it's like, okay, how how do we how do we make an argument out something that we don't really care about? Here's here's where I care. It's the freaking Miami Heat, man. That's the only thing that really affected you. That on this, that huh? rubs me the wrong way. It it goes back to 1988, 1989 when the Miami Heat came into existence. And Pat Williams was there trying to kind of stir the pot uh, to get a little rivalry going between Orlando and Miami. And I'm telling you, from the get-go, like Louis Chafel, the original owner of the Miami Heat, Hated the Orlando Magic because Pat Williams would needle him all the time. Louis who? Louis Chaffel. He was the original owner of the Miami. man. I've
0: never heard that name before yeah. in my life. Yeah. Mickey Arison hasn't owned that team the
1: whole no, time. No, he is not. What, how
0: long has Mickey Arison been the owner?
1: Uh, that's a good point. I don't know. Look that up. Maybe for the last 15, 20 years. Okay. But, but Chaffel, I mean, he my whole life. He hated Pat Williams. Okay, and the Heat have always had a thing for the Orlando Magic, going way back when. Uh Matt Geiger breaks Shaq's thumb back in what ninety-five, ninety-six, something like that. Shaq has to sit out like a fourth of the season. Glenn Rice scores fifty-six points against it. I mean, I could go on Keith Askins spitting at our coach Brian Hill on the sideline. I could go on and on and on. I hate the Miami Heat. You do. I'll admit it. And there is This a is certain... an emotional
0: button that it, it, I, it doesn't touch me. Because I, 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 I grew up because I grew up a Bulls fan. Right, right. But I can tell you this: after covering
1: this rivalry, if you will, for 31 years now, there is a culture that the Miami Heat have always had, and whatever you want to call it, whether it's an us against them, whether it's oh, a, no, no,
0: it's a cult. A chip on the it, okay, it's a cult. I mean, like the word "cult" is derived from culture. Yes, it's not a culture; it's the Miami cult.
1: And guess who's a member? Nobody
0: leaves alive. Guess who's a member of this cult? Dwayne Wade. Yes, and Derek Jones Jr. Thank you, thank you. This has everything to do, and
1: again, Aaron Gordon. I, I think, I think we fans won. I think Aaron Gordon won. I think everybody knows that Aaron Gordon won that dunk contest. Oh, there is a
0: push from fans for the Orlando Magic yeah. to award him a trophy. Yeah, I mean, if, if they want to give him a trophy, that's—I mean, that's fine. Please that's don't fine. do it. I mean, no, I mean, no, that's no. Please don't do I, it. But, but the thing is, it—you can gloss over it. I'm going to rail against I, that. But the that is—I I can't awful. gloss over
1: Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade is part of that cult. Yeah. He's part of the cult. And when he saw his guy, and now granted, look, Aaron Gordon didn't run he wasn't the runaway winner of the dunk contest. Derek Jones Jr. was right there, but anytime you dunk over a seven foot-five center on a stage like that, Taco Fall, you give that man his money. You give him the trophy. And Dwayne Wade is part of this Miami cult, us against the world. And I think Dwayne Wade is the guy mainly responsible for robbing Aaron Gordon of that award because he wanted to give it to his guy, a fellow Miami Heat guy and Derrick Jones Jr. And that's not to say that Derrick Jones Jr. was not sensational during that dunk contest. But I think it's another uh, notch in the belt, if you will, another chapter in the Miami Heat you saga know, yeah. of us against the world. You that's could just see Dwayne about. Wade
0: leaving the United Center calling up... Uh, Pat Riley saying, we got him again. Absolutely, we got him again. All right, so I want to get to to one final thing here. Yeah. I'm not sure how much how much more do you have? How much more do you want to talk I, I, about I, here? I got whatever you okay, got, Pat. Se- second, it's not the second half of the season, right? What are we, uh, 55 games in, so we have another 27, 27, yeah. 27 games. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little regular season Orlando Magic. First of all, uh, the Magic are expected to get DJ Augustine back for the – start of the the post all-star break run mm-hmm. here okay the magic open up this season as i mentioned friday against dallas uh they're 24 and 31 getting dj augustine back mm. it huge it doesn't feel like you're just getting a backup point guard back and i know that we overrate our own guys but the magic have desperately missed dj augustine They've kind of been rudderless right without yeah. dj augustine um we've been talking about over the last few
1: weeks how this team for whatever reason and i don't think any of us can pinpoint what it is, but they're not playing with that that jagged edge that they played with at the tail end of last year. At least it hasn't happened as of yet. But I think DJ Augustine kind of adds to that jagged edge with his leadership, with his pick-and-roll offense, um, with the, the the craftiness and the nastiness that he plays with. So I think you're absolutely right. Don't underestimate... What DJ Augustine gives to this team, and hopefully, Nick, hopefully we're going to see him very early, i.e., Friday night against the
0: Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, Magic were five and ten in the fifteen games that DJ Augustine missed. Uh, wow. Going back, uh, he missed the first game he missed was that Lakers game that they won, of course, out at Staples Center, and has not returned. Has not played for the Magic since January thirteenth. So uh, yeah, they were five and ten. Uh, in oh, that just, run, it's, that it's, tough it's, finish to the uh, the pre All Star break. It's,
1: it's overall depth too, yeah. right? When you have a Jonathan Isaac and an Al Farouq Aminu, yeah, you're
0: missing three of your top eight there, guys.
1: There you go. I mean, you can't deny that. And again, we talk about the edge. This was a team that played with an edge at the tail of last year, and maybe a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were healthy pretty much the entire year. This year, it has not been the case. It is not an excuse that this team has not been healthy all year. It's fact. So maybe that has a little bit to do with it, no doubt, but certainly DJ Augustine is going to help this basketball team in the near future, and and hopefully he can stay healthy for the remainder of the season because we're going to need him.
0: Okay, uh, one final thing I do want to get to here because though Aaron Gordon got robbed in the dunk contest, the Magic did get some good news, and it's not just DJ Augustine. Uh, that would be for their playoff positioning. Mm. Uh, they are the eight seed right now in the Eastern Conference. They are two games behind the Brooklyn Nets for that seven seed. And by the way, you want to be the 7. You don't want to be the 8 because you want to play Toronto or Boston. You don't want to play Milwaukee, which looks like the Death Star right now <laughs> at the end of, well, no, in the middle of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you hope that when you're done with them, they look like the Death Star at the end of A New Hope. Uh, the news coming out of Brooklyn is that Kyrie Irving... Uh, is going to miss some more time. Uh, According to ESPN's Malika Andrews, uh, Nets coach Kenny Atkinson said that Kyrie Irving continues to struggle with the shoulder injury that caused him to miss 26 games earlier this year. He's going to see another specialist, and Kyrie is going to be unavailable for Brooklyn's first game out of the All-Star break. And the feel you get is Kyrie may not be available for the foreseeable future here. I'm not sure how long. But clearly, that's a big guy to lose for Brooklyn. Um, wow, do you see this as a net negative or a I, net well, positive? Well, that, that's what I was just going to say is, is this a positive or a negative? The look for on the your face is you think it's a positive I got to tell you, Brooklyn. man,
1: somewhere in Boston, possibly on the north end, Danny Ainge is eating lunch right now at a good Italian restaurant
0: mm, going, this tea tastes good. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. He's snickering as he's eating and drinking today. Look, there's no doubt about it. Kyrie Irving is, is one of the most talented players in the NBA. But with a Kyrie Irving, what are you going to get? You're going to get plenty of drama. And this was a Brooklyn Net team. You know, we talk about the culture of the Miami Heat. This was a Brooklyn Net team over the last few years that had developed a nice little culture under Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. Right? They had developed a nice little culture, which was come out and play hard every single night um and now you add Kyrie uh that that dynamic to that basketball team i mean you show me where it's helped held them in the standings nick i mean they're probably right where they were last year at this time so i quite frankly i don't know if kyrie uh, being out uh you know predominantly yeah, 33 the second games half. this year
0: i mean i does that help him or hurt him? I'm not quite sure if it helps him. I just I, I think that at some point it's going to come back be, come back to hurt them a bit because they did put some of the eggs in Kyrie's basket, sure. and if he's not there during some of those close games, he's still a tremendous talent. Is he a weirdo? Yeah, he's definitely a weird guy, but. Um, I think they're going to miss him, and I think that if you're the Orlando Magic, you look at that. It's like, okay, we've been dealing with injuries. Now we're going to try to chase down Brooklyn, who's dealing with some of their well, own.
1: Well, I think your inference is well taken, and that is, look, the the Nets are there for the taking. They're at number seven. I guess that's my view, right? Man. I mean, that's that's it. You're two games from Brooklyn at this particular point. I think the Magic are going to play much better here with much more of an edge in the unofficial second half of the season. You get DJ Augustine back, hopefully, here for the first game. Of the second half. Um, and look, I mean, w- we've said it many times before. This is a team that has what? The fourth or fifth easiest third. schedule. I, actually third ju- easiest.
0: I just pulled it up. I'm okay. glad you're headed that way. They have the third easiest schedule the rest of the way. Brooklyn's right in the middle of the pack. They have the uh, the 17th toughest, I guess I would say, if you want to do it that way, or the 13th easiest.
1: So you, you have the third easiest schedule in the NBA. I believe you only have two more back-to-backs to go, and that is it for the rest of the season. You have no more Western road trips; you've got those done. So, uh, to me, it, it, it's all in front of you, Orlando Magic. Now, I think the highest you can get is seven. Obviously, yeah, you're not, you're with not the hole that you d- yeah, the, the hole that you've dug is is too big. But you can get to seven and possibly get a rematch with the Toronto Raptors in the first round, just like you had last year. Yeah. So.
0: Look, we'll see what happens. going to be a fun second half, though, Nick. No doubt the Magic back in action on Friday. Uh, we will take those games in over the weekend. When are you back on Fox Sports Florida? Next Wednesday? I am back on Wednesday, February 26th. Okay, so there you go. You yep. can screen grab Scotty for that. <laughs> he is Scott Inez. I am Nick What You can hear us weekdays on ESPN five eighty four two eight. Uh That's 580 AM FM 96.5 HD2. You can follow Scotty on Twitter, at Inez Says and Me, at ESPN 580. Nick, Uh, Our episodes go out whenever we feel like it. There's really no schedule to this whatsoever. But we will get one out for you next week, reacting to the first weekend back, especially if DJ Augustine is back. But until then, go Magic.